concerns God's vision for your life. And I'm going to entitle this <coughs> Visions Activated or How to Activate Your Vision. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, got a couple of scriptures that uh, if we can put up on the uh, screen. One is Second Peter 1. Okay. The, the other one before this one. The Second Peter Scripture, that's the proverb. Okay, let's look at this. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. It goes on to something else, but I just want to take that little part that says make your calling and election sure. And I want to use a, what I think is a synonym for what he's talking about there and say, make your vision sure. What is God's vision for your life? And I think we can interchange that with what is God's strategy with your life? What does God want to do with your life? What is God saying to you now? And therefore, how are you responding to it? Okay? Uh, in an unusual way, I feel this morning, and, and listen to this, I think the Holy Spirit is here calling Doing some calling on some hearts. Now, there's maybe 25, 30 of us in here. He may be saying 25 or 30 different things. <clears throat> but I'd like for you to listen very deeply within your heart. <clears throat> what is God saying to you? Now, let's look at Proverbs 29, 18, I believe. <clears throat> the one that was up there just a moment ago. It says, where there is no revelation... And I'm going to substitute the word vision because many other translations use vision. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Okay, where there is no vision, the people go amok. Another translation says people run amok. All right? Can you imagine people without, what the human race would be out like without instruction, without government, without laws, without restrainment, without direction. We as people, individuals and corporate, need guidance. What am I supposed to do? All right? In a certain way, God kind of leaves it up to me, but then he puts his word in there too. Okay? Now, I want you to think about the vision or the will of God in two different ways. <clears throat> I want you to think about that there's a corporate will of God, which we're all involved in, and an individual will of God. Corporate vision and an individual vision. A corporate vision is, <clears throat> well, I belong to a church, and they believe in evangelism, believe in Jesus, and they do all these things, and, and that's the will of God, and I'm a part of it. Okay, that's good. But what, are, what part do you play in that? That's also important. So if you can remember an old story back in the days of the children in the wilderness, there was a, a Levite named Korah, and he didn't like the way that Moses was leading the people. He was ready to go back to Egypt. And so he took 250 Levites and confronted Moses and said, we don't like the way you're leading us. Aren't we all holy before God? In other words, hey, Moses, you're a leader. So am I. You know, you have the spirit, well, I'm a called of God, I'm a Levite, and we don't want you to lead us this way, so we want to go back to Egypt. 
And Moses went into his tent, prayed a lot, came back out with the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord was the ground opened up and swallowed up 250 Levites. Now they might have had it down as far as the general corporate will of God, but they didn't recognize the individual will of God, which for them, which for them was to obey Moses. <laughs> Do what Moses said. Okay? So we can have it down. Well, I know all about the church. Yeah, I'm a part of a church. Yeah, we give. We do these things. But still, there's something deeper. What is God talking to you about personally? Now, it says, it was just read, without a prophetic word, one Bible translation says, without no revelation, the people cast off restraint. We don't know what to do unless God tells us. Okay? Now, I'm defining vision again as... A revelation from God, a supernatural presentation. There's a fancy theological term called theophany, which means an appearance of God. So what we're looking for in our lives, whether you know it or not, is we're looking for a vision from God, a strategy from God. Who am I in your kingdom and what am I to do? All right, I'm a part of a whole, but I need specific Direction. When I was in the military, in basic training, you learn how to pull guard duty. And you learn how, whether you're guarding an ammunition dump, uh, the finance office, something else, there's certain general orders that all guard duty people all over the world are following. You got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, but then you get a list of, before you take that position, you get a list of special orders that's specifically designed to guard the thing that you're guarding, to do a particular function, okay? We're looking for God's special orders today, not just general orders. Now, I take that to mean that there is a special purpose and mission for God's people collectively but an individual vision and purpose for each of us individually. What am I supposed to be doing? Scripture says, Jesus says, the good shepherd knows his sheep and the sheep hear his voice. You heard me say before, I hear people say all the time, well, I'm leery of anybody that says God speaks to him. You know what? I'm leery about somebody that says he doesn't. Okay? So God has revelation for us, but normally we kind of have to seek it a little bit because we've got to express the fact that we want to hear it, all right? Do you ever think there's things that God can do that you can't, and there's things that you can do that God won't, all right? So <clears throat> that's kind of how things work. Uh, let me talk about some visions other people have. Moses, for example, saw a burning bush out of which God spoke his purpose. Go to Pharaoh, free the people. In a nutshell, that was Moses' life vision. Jeremiah was told by God, the first few chapters of his book, be a prophet to the nations. Right? Needed to be specified because he got not only prophecy for Israel, but the word of the Lord for other nations as well. So that was a tailor-made vision for a guy named Jeremiah. How about Daniel? He was told to speak to kings and foretell the future. 
Not everybody could do that. All right? How about Abraham? He was told to leave his country and go where I will show you. Have a son, sacrifice him, and cut a covenant with God. Now, there's a lot of things that happened in between those things, but that got him started. Okay? But he was obedient to the word of the Lord to him individually. Notice that God didn't tell Jeremiah to leave his country. God didn't tell Daniel to cut a covenant with God. There's something you've been told to do, probably, that I haven't. All right? Now, as we get together as a body, we are more complete. I remember seeing a, a, a vision myself. This is a, not a vision, not a lifetime vision I'm talking about. Just a picture in my mind that I knew that the Lord was speaking. I saw a dining room table with a jigsaw puzzle. All the pieces spread out all over the place. And little by little, supernaturally, they started getting put together right before my eyes. And when, they, when the thing was complete, I looked at it and it was a picture of Jesus. Okay? You're a piece of the puzzle. I'm a piece of the puzzle. I can't do your job, and you won't be able to do mine because i got grace to do what God called me to do just like you have grace for what God... So did you ever notice, if you look at the way that people in the Scripture are called before God, all kinds of excuses that they give? Moses said, I can't, I can't speak right. I'm not a good speaker. And I love God's answer. Who made your mouth? Okay. Uh, so many others. Jeremiah said, I'm a child. I can't do this. And he said, you will go, and I'll give you the words. All right? You'll find excuses all over the place of people that are called by God. But let me give you a hint before you make some. None of them will work. <laughs> He's going to win the argument no matter what. Okay. Even though God doesn't give out life's missions, excuse me, yeah, life, life mission visions to everyone the same way as these major characters in the Bible. If we pursue him, he will reveal our vision as an individual. In other words, and I'll ask you this, where would God have you serve? Where are you serving? Is it the right place? Is it the right way? Is God got onto what you're doing and helping you walk through it? Or are you a spectator? And God has called us to get out of the audience and into the army. So we don't need to just be satisfied with, well, I'm with a group and they're doing all kinds of stuff. What are you doing? Well, uh, I'm praying for them. All right? And there's a right way to say that and a wrong way to say that. Okay. <clears throat> what if we don't live out of God's vision for ourselves? Well, it says in the proverb <clears throat> that if we ignore the vision of God, God casts off restraint, and it leads to confusion and darkness. Have you ever met anybody, and I've met a few, that <clears throat> knew that they had disobeyed God in the calling for their life? I can think of a particular lady that I met in, in a congregation one time, not here. And uh, she was probably in her 50s or 60s, and she knew that as a teenager, God had called her to the mission field. And she willfully knew she was saying, no, I'm not going to do that. 
For years, she said that. Finally, God quit talking to her. Now, I don't know what her eternal destiny is. I'm not trying to make something out of that. But she was guilty and confused about what she should have done and what, if she, what she was doing now, God was even in. Okay? I knew another fellow who knew that God had called him to some sort of preaching, teaching ministry. And uh, he had regularly given up. No, no, I'm not going to do that. I've got a job going here and I'm doing great. And I don't want to do that. Well, <clears throat> he was miserable. And he was miserable as long as I knew it. So, respond to the call of God that's on our life. If not, then we'll have more, I believe we'll have more darkness than we do light. light. Now, I'm not trying to make an eternal issue out of this. You know, does a person lose their salvation? I'm not talking about any of that. But... Certainly, I would rather live my life God blessing what I'm doing than God opposing what I'm doing. Make sense? Okay. We can start out life with our own self-initiated purpose. I think probably the most common thing, common question that a little child is asked is, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I want to be a, a pilot or I want to be a policeman. When I was that age, most of it for boys was, I want to be a cowboy. You know, yeah. I'm here on a city dweller, you know, told you, I want to be a cowboy. You know, you know anything about cows? No, I saw a picture of one one time. <laughs> okay, my earliest dream, let me tell you, my earliest dream, my earliest, quote, vision for life, what came out of an illness that I had when I was around five years old. And I had been out in our backyard climbing this big pecan tree that we have in our, had in our backyard. And I came in the house, and I can remember very vividly my mother standing at the sink. She had been looking out the window, seeing me climb the pecan tree. Now, it was about this big. And she says, uh, have you been climbing that pecan tree? No. no. Who, me? No. no. She says, don't climb the pecan tree. You can fall out and get hurt. You know, since then, it's reminded me of, you know, you'll shoot your eye out. You know? <laughs> But, but I didn't have a BB gun. Okay, so I said, uh, oh, okay. You know, well, I promptly went out, pl- climbed up a country, and fell out and injured my back. <laughs> I never thought of my mother as a prophet before, but uh, you know, it worked that time. <laughs> prophet of doom. Well, anyway, little by little, uh, it kind of developed into meningitis. And uh, we had a doctor. I was in bed with 103 or 4 temperature. We had a family doctor that made house calls came out and treated me off and on for several weeks. Gradually, I was, I understood, I'm getting better. I feel better. And during that time period, something developed in my thinking. I like what that doctor did. When I grow up, I want to be a, I want to be a doctor. I want to be someone who heals people and, and knows how to help them and, and give, give good things and do good things for them. And so... By the time I could read, I wanted to read science books and medical books and, you know, anatomy books and learn all the organs and all that kind of stuff and study it and study it. Through high school, you know, I couldn't wait to take biology and all this other stuff. College came pre-med for three years. Then suddenly I had a learning breakdown. Uh, You know, man, I am so sick and tired of reading and studying. I think I'll join the Army. (laughs) So I did. 
had a great time. I did. Okay? Even in the, right in the middle of Vietnam, you know, I had a great time. Stayed stateside and everything. Anyway, the idea was that I am still, so I was, I was a medic and an x-ray tech in the Army, and I just got sick of the whole idea of medical stuff. And little by little, when I was about 22, the Lord began to show me, you are not going to medical school, you're not going to be a medical doctor. Okay? Now, <clears throat> so I started reading the Bible, I thought, maybe God has something to say about this. So, anyway, little by little, that vision became something that God used, and with a, quote, ministry call, which is a real long story, I came to understand this. <clears throat> the desire to see people well and make them better was from God, but it was not going to be through medicine. It was going to be through the preaching and teaching of God's healing work, and that's what it's been ever since, okay? Now, sometimes... You have a vision that you're born with, a purpose. And I think all talent comes from God anyway, no matter what the talent is. It's just that many of us have a vision that's played out in this arena and others in a different, a different arena. Uh, I thought about uh, a while ago, uh, Pastor Dwight having a musical gift. Now, I doubt that that just happened supernaturally one day, I think I'll play the piano. And so it just starts <laughs> like this. I, I, I imagine he was into music a long time before that. Okay? Now, that vision was his. Other people may have it. But how many of you think that you could say, well, I just believe God, I'll have it, and go up and play the piano just like Dwight does <laughs> without any lessons. Okay? Now, God could make that happen but I've noticed that sometimes the vision of God for your life has kind of been there all along. You just need the Holy Spirit to awaken it and point it in the right direction. That doesn't mean that you can't have supernatural uh, gifts, visions that come. You start doing things you've never done before, and you couldn't do without God. But look on the inside. What has God blessed in you through the years? In many times, in many ways... God wants to add his touch to it and point it in the right direction like it was in my own life. Okay? Makes sense? Okay. Now, as I begin to read the Bible in my early 20s, I begin to feel a calling of God. All right? Now, I didn't know what it was about. I just all of a sudden knew that I had a bunch of question marks on the inside that I didn't have answers for about life. Is, is funny because in the hippie days, the most popular question was, what is the meaning of life? Okay, everybody thought they were a, ph a philosopher or a psychologist, and none of them were either. So uh, <laughs> I thought the more LSD you take, the smarter you get. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I never got into that. Okay. Sometimes as we grow up, this world of darkness will try to shape your calling. Okay? The world wants to establish your identity. The world wants to answer your question about who I am and why am I here. The world doesn't have the right answers. 
God has the right answers. The world didn't create you. God did. For a purpose. For something. Too often life's vision that is apart from God's plan is measured by worldly fame and riches. Okay? Well, I've found my calling. And it's just whatever it is. And the way I measure it is I'm getting rich. People think I'm great. People think I'm important. I think I'm important. Okay, that's not necessarily the answer of God's affirmation or activation of his vision for your life. Okay? The world's view of success is not to be our view of success as Christians. A friend of mine said once that God has, <clears throat> and you've heard, I'll name him, uh, how many of you remember Dennis Peacock? Various books was a sort of the founder of KMI. He had this saying that I always like: God has a wonderful plan for your life, and it starts by trashing all of your plans. <laughs> okay, that happened, by the way, to Saul of Tarsus. He had a great career as a Pharisee going. You know. He was proving himself, persecuting Christians and all kinds of good stuff, you know, for that particular vision. But uh, God knocked him off his high horse one day and said, I got different plans for you. And his vision became to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Aren't you glad? All right. Once upon a time, there was a man named Peter who was a fisherman. The Lord invaded his kingdom, his boat. (laughs) <laughs> caught him at a time when business was real bad. Told him to go out in the deep, catch a bunch, and he did. And then he gave him his vision for life. Peter, you're going to become a fisher of men, not just a fish of fish. Okay? Another fellow, Matthew, Matthew Levi, we call him, had a great commission going, excuse me, a great business going on as a tax collector. All right. If you knew what that was called a publican in those days, what a publican was was a person that sold out their heritage, so to speak, to the Romans to collect taxes for the Romans and get a, get his living by getting a cut of it. And if you didn't want to pay your taxes and he had the authority to get a couple of Roman soldiers and come pay you a visit, okay? Jesus came up to him one day and said simply, Follow me. And scripture, his words such that makes you think he got up right then and went and followed Jesus. Got a new plan for your life, Matthew. It's about starts with trashing all your old plans. You're going to follow me. You may not be as rich <laughs> as you have been in the past, but uh, it'll be much more rewarding. Okay? Frequently, our worldly goals never satisfy, but only leave us with a heart full of question marks that cannot be explained because of the sense of eternity that God has put in us. Our calling to his vision for us may not be as dramatic and grandiose as some of these Bible characters that I just referred to, but walking in his will leads us more and more into the knowledge of God and causes us to bear much fruit for his kingdom. And following his vision 
promises us eternal riches laid up in the heavens, joy unspeakable, wisdom and knowledge beyond earthly wisdom and knowledge. That's what God has for you. That's what God has for us. Now, next question is, how do I get started with this vision, this calling in my life? Well, I'm sure you know many of the early steps. Become a believer, obviously. Becoming his child, being born again, repenting and believing. But after that comes discipleship, comes seeking his will. Remember Jesus said, take my yoke upon me, upon you, learn of me, and you will find rest to your souls. Learn of me, he said. That's what a disciple, a disciple is a learner. Okay? And you never stop learning. I don't care how long you've been a believer, how old you get. God has new stuff you never heard of yet. Okay? Remember that the Great Commission is not just go forth and make converts. It's make what? You know, disciples. Disciples are not just followers. They are to be learners. And one of the things to learn is what has God called Richard to do? What has God called you to be, to become? And if you just rely on your own mentality, your own worldview, your own understanding, you may miss it by a mile, right? That's why we've got to seek God. That's why we've got to learn more about God. God does all kinds of stuff that you don't understand until he reveals it later. Okay? Walking in the Spirit may require us to redefine what the world's success means for us. Kingdom of God riches are not the same as this world's riches or satisfaction. Being famous here is not the same as being an important person in the kingdom of God, a servant of God. So, to close, let me ask you, can you articulate what God's vision is for you? If you had to take a piece of paper and write down what God's individual will for your life, what is God's individual vision for Richard? Could I write several sentences of it? Or am I just, well, I go to church. Uh, yeah, and our church believes in, in praying for the sick and all this stuff. Have Bible studies. Yeah, I do all that. Some deeper. What is God calling you to be, to do? So can you articulate what God's vision is for you? God might be revealing it to you one step at a time, but he's not just keeping it a secret forever. Begin to walk in him. You may have to knock and seek before the door is open, but it's not going to open without the knocking and the seeking. That's what I've learned. I believe God wants all of us to someday be able to pray as Jesus did, I have completed the work you have given me to do. Don't be someone who ignores God's vision for your life. Don't be someone who disbelieves that your life has a purpose beyond your present knowledge. In other words, don't believe, I've seen all I'm going to see. No such thing as retirement in the kingdom. Okay? Like somebody said, you can, you can get re, <coughs> refired and retreaded, but not retired. Okay? 
Now listen to this. Some of you have received prophecies in the past that you have laid aside because you've waited a long time and it hadn't happened yet. My advice to you is pick them up and talk to God about them again. Okay? Also, if you want some help, talk to us. Talk to the elders. We want to pray for you. Begin to activate your vision. Step out. Remember, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence. Not. You haven't seen the evidence yet. Maybe it's because you haven't put the foot forward in faith. Begin to activate your vision. Pray about it and tell God, God, I think long ago you said something like this. I want to begin to move in that direction. I don't really see how, you're gonna, how I'm going to get there from here, but I'm not going to stand still anymore. I'm going to try it out. Okay? That's what faith's all about. Begin to activate your vision. Start moving to what God has shown you. And finally, I believe God is calling on some of us today to make a decision. Maybe God has promised something to you that he's been waiting on you and you thought you were waiting on him. Okay? It's hard to figure that out sometimes. But just because you make a mistake, he's not going to be mad at you because you made a mistake in faith desiring his will. You've been listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If God spoke to you or if you'd like us to pray for you, you can email Pastor Nick directly at nick at newcovenantokc.org. If you'd like more information about our church, you may visit us on the web at newcovenantokc.org. We can't wait to hear from you.